Do you ever see those clickbait lists online? They're usually titled 101 films you have to see before you die. They pop up every once in a while. But tell the truth, how many have you actually seen? These movies are so ingrained in the fabric of modern pop culture through references and homages that you'd be forgiven for thinking that you'd actually seen them. So why not join me, Sam, a self-confessed cinephile who currently works in the film and television industry and even went to university to study film and TV. The only issue is, I've not seen many films. And me, Joel, a man who likes films a lot but is constantly described by his friends as overly anal and picky. But I'll let you decide. Each week, we will break down and review a different film, from zany cult classics to what many describe as cinematic masterpieces. Do these films deserve the legacy they've been given, or are they just overrated, bloated rubbish? Let's find out, as this week we discuss Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. This is a thousand and one movies we have not seen. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the 1969 film directed by George Roy Hill. A Western movie. Not a spaghetti Western, though. I still don't know what a spaghetti Western is. Uh, But a Western film. A Western film, yeah. Set in the Old West. And the the first Western film I think I've ever seen. Like, proper Western. Obviously, now I've seen this film, I realise how many films make reference to it um yeah western film middle of america which makes reference to the fact that half of our audience now are american sam Ooh, hello there they must have really (laughs) really really liked us slagging america off in saving private ryan (laughs) we didn't we just said it was very america america uh america but uh, no, if you're listening in America, then thank you. Our audience has actually been growing nicely. So if you've been listening for a while, thank you very much. If you're new to listening, then also thank you very much. Yeah. And, uh, uh, feel free to click subscribe and give us a share. Yeah, share it with your like friends. It. Only if you feel like it. You don't want. have to. Yeah. You want to say, have a listen to this. They really, really love America and all things American. To be fair, I'm shocked that Americans can understand you because you are from the north. Uh, okay, but, but uh, when were we attacking me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shall we? Right then. Get in with the plot. Yeah, let's go. In 1899, Wyoming, Butch Cassidy is the affable, clever, talkative leader of the outlaw Hole in the Wall gang. His closest companion is the laconic, deadshot Sundance Kid. The two return to their hideout at the hole in the wall to discover that the rest of the gang, irked by Cassidy's long absences, have selected Harvey Logan as their new leader. Well, did you panic at the start of the film when it was showing the old real footage that that might be the entire film and think, how old is this film? That didn't get me. (laughs) <laughs> what got me was that it opens sepia tone, and I thought, yeah. "Oh, I can't, I can't." Oh. Like for some reason, sepia tone's worse than black and white. Yes, I agree. I can sort of deal with black and white because it's quite artsy, and you get some nice shadows. And Casablanca look really nice. Sepia tone is oh. Considering this is 
I think, the epitome of a Sunday afternoon watch. The start of the movie is really dark. It's really dark and a bit slow, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it opens almost like newsreel footage, doesn't it? Letting yeah. you know who Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid are, and sort of, it's all silent, but it shows them like robbing a train. And you go, okay, they're Old West outlaws. And then it goes, most of what follows is true. And, and it's another film based on reality. like Which I like. I do like them. Yeah. And I did like how they said most of this is true. But, you know, we've had some creative license to make it more fun. And, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay I'm, I'm that. like that. I don't like a film that's like, this is 100% true. Because I'm like, is it though? Because you've clearly... Yeah, it's clearly not. <laughs> you don't know what they spoke about in private. So you're making stuff up there. So most of this is true. Yeah. I, I had a Google afterwards. Uh, and they definitely... Definitely captured the Sundance Kid a bit better than they've captured Butch Cassidy in the real pictures. Well, these are like two famous actors, Paul Newman and mm-hmm. Robert Redford. Yes, who... yeah. Paul Newman's very famous. I've... He was in Cars 3, wasn't he? And Cars 1, yeah. And Cars 1! He's, he's oh. Doc in Cars. <laughs> Which I know for a fact is one of your favourite films of all no, time. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just a very, very good film. Your favourite film of all time. (laughs) (laughs) One day we'll watch it. (laughs) Oh dear. And Robert Redford, who I don't think I've ever seen young and actually struggled to recognise. No, he was in like the Marvel films, wasn't he? Is that all you know him from? Yeah, that's (laughs) it, I'm afraid. Oh, such a cinephile. We're, we're, we're such bad cinephiles. We're working on it. This is a work in this is progress. The point. This, is the, what, what, this is the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but then it does a nice a sort of unwarranted switch to colour. And I was going, oh, thank God. Oh, yeah, my poor eyes. Thank you. It, but it, it, it's, it's clearly... I mean, it might not be clearly. I could be putting two and two together and getting five here. Like a reference to The Wizard of Oz, which opens yeah, yeah. sepia yeah. tone. But they have a way of warranting it. They're like, oh, the real world's boring, but ooh, Oz is magical and colourful. But this just Maybe it's switches. just a trend. Yeah, maybe. But this is like, what, like 40 years after it? So true, true. I'm just very, very happy that this was in colour. And not sepia tone. Straight away, though, great chemistry between the two main actors. Oh, all the way through as well. Fully believable. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Fantastic chemistry. Great job. And, like, the way they play off each other. um, It's interesting because... I love the bickering. And the dialogue's great when they bicker. Yeah, it's, it's... Like, I'm looking down all the, like sub-genres that this film is listed and nowhere does it say a comedy even though I found yeah. it quite funny and I think it's just between those two and the sort of witty one-liners yeah at this yeah like, and the, all the different robbery bits and yeah yeah it's it's a very good buddy action comedy but a western 
Which I think that's basically what a western is, though. Uh, well, I would not know. I don't think a western's supposed to be too serious. I mean, I don't know. I think the old west seemed quite outlawish and sort of you could literally be killed at any moment in time and I would not you could not pay me if time travel existed to go back to this period in time I don't think you could no, pay me to yeah. go past 100 years ago to be honest because the world is scary and history is dark oh do you know one thing I'm so glad that people don't do anymore chew tobacco oh. everybody who chews tobacco in this is disgusting <laughs> When they chew tobacco and spit out that brown sludge. Yeah. Ba-ding! Oh, that's disgusting. Such, such an iconic trope, isn't it? Of a, of like a an old West, like yeah, sort of Back to the Future. I think or Back to the Future Three reference it and sort of. I think you're like, oh, I'm gonna set a film in in the Western. I'd be like, right, get them some chewing tobacco and a, ba-ding! like a spit. A Stetson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. obviously a Stetson. <laughs> some really nice like establishing shots in this film yeah the, some of the scenery is incredible like very murica but this like wyoming area looks it's lovely isn't it gorgeous with like the they're not mountains are they but they're like that natural, <laughs> yeah, but like the natural erosion and sort of like the Grand Canyon, but looks lovely. It does look lovely. It's probably yeah. why Disney chose to set cars there as well, because um, it just. Oh, your favorite film of all time. My favorite cars film of three. all time, Cars. No, Cars One actually. Uh, cars Three. No, cars Two is actually the best one. Um, oh. Oh. Which one's got Michael Caine in it? That's Two. The Secret Agent that's One. That's Two. <laughs> I know that. (laughs) (laughs) He plays Finn Uh. McMissile. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) You know it because it's your favourite film of all time. (laughs) Every time I try to say no, because I just dig a deep hole. It's important for our audience to know that Cars 2 is your favourite film of all time because then people know what you're referencing as 10. Uh, get it right. It's not just my favourite film of all time, Joel. It's the best film of all time. It's the best. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Nothing tops I, Cars. I wouldn't be so yeah. bold to make that claim. You want you want to see a 10 out of 10 film, Joel? Cars 2. I've got an admission. I've, I've never seen any of them. Oh, well, get ready, boy. Next three weeks, here we go. <laughs> cars, cars, cars. I can promise you that we're not doing well, that. Well, you sold me um, on a few films. I'm going to sell you on cars. Oh, dear Lord. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, then. Let's do some more plot. Logan challenges Cassidy to a knife fight over the gang's leadership. Cassidy defeats him using trickery but embraces Logan's idea to rob the Union Pacific Overland Flyer train on both its eastward and westward runs, agreeing that the second robbery would be unexpected and likely reap even more money than the first. So this bit, I was kind of, this is where I got a bit bogged down. I was like, oh, come on. Let's get into the film properly. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. 
because I was a bit bogged down at the beginning. I was going, what's what's sort of happening? Yes, you're establishing characters. Maybe it was just because it was in sepia tone. But when yeah, we, yeah, this is when it fully goes to color and sort of you you get to see the gang's hideout and the fact that like they've got snipers on the ridges and it's just like quite iconic it's like yeah they've got a proper little hideout here this is why no one can ever find them interesting yeah i I was like oh come on let's get let's get into the story now well i i wish we'd have got a little bit more on the gang as well because what like you've got the the guy called news who just keeps on the news clippings that he can just read out and he's, he's they were just quite iconic characters and you've got like Logan, who's going to... see them again. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's such a shame. I mean, I know the film's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but what a good little host of characters we see very little of. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like the power struggle bit and how he basically tricked him. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, because, yeah, you, you're supposed to be smart as the leader. You're not necessarily supposed to be the toughest. Yeah, because he, he goes oh well we need to talk over the rules and he's like rules there are no rules and it's almost like butch goes yeah you're right and just absolutely kicks him in the private parts which renders him i mean we're not getting into this debate but oh that pain oh no (laughs) (sighs) but i i like the the bit of banter between butch and the kid in this section as well i thought that was that was good yeah. Developing that relationship further. I'm not a sore um, loser, but if he kills me, yeah, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then let's get to the good bit. Let's get on yeah. to the train robbery. The first robbery goes well. To celebrate, Cassidy visits a favourite brothel in a nearby town and watches, amused, as the town marshal unsuccessfully attempts to organise a posse to track down the gang only to have his address to the townsfolk hijacked by a friendly bicycle salesman. Sundance visits his lover, schoolteacher, at a place, and they have sex. Cassidy joins up with them early in the next morning and takes place for a ride on his new bike. I, I loved the robbery. I thought that was so good. How calm and chill it was. How charming the gang are. Yeah. They're so well-renowned. And it was like everyone was sort of happy to be robbed by them. Yeah, because they didn't rob the cars. They just robbed the bank train. It's it's a little bit Robin Hoodie, isn't it? It's like, well, we're only going to take from the rich. We're only going to take from these companies. We're not going to take from you guys. It's just like charming. And you've got that really cool set piece where... Sundance Kid jumps on the roof of the train and runs down it and then gets to the engine. And I'm like, you would not, maybe Tom Cruise would, you would not make a film like that anymore. I'm like, that's a man on a moving train (laughs) at high speed just sprinting down it. No, Tom Cruise would love that, though. (laughs) Tom Cruise would love that. Um, But yeah, as you said, charming. And when they're they're talking to the guy in the in the coach and just going, "Come on, mate," he's like, "Oh, don't be silly. I'd love get out here. I'd love to, but uh, I'm I'm employed. I'm honourable to the company that are paying me." Uh, And it it makes you warm to them as characters because they're they're bad guys, but they're not bad guys, are they? Yeah, it's sort of. 
I mean, may- maybe later on they do get a little bit greedy. Oh, definitely. But you feel like they're only... They're not living to excess, are they? They're just sort of... Ooh, I think I disagree there. I, at the but beginning, I... a big I... point of how he's terrible with money and just spends it all. Yeah, good point. He's he's funding his lifestyle, isn't he? But they're not yeah. like hoarders. No, you could go no, down the rabbit no. hole that they're supporting local business, Joel. Oh, you could, you could, yeah. They're keeping that town... Circulating money. ...that yeah, they're rather. stealing from <laughs> in business. They're basically Robin Hood, yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. Stealing is okay. Yes, I, I think so, Sam. Um, I, I see your point there. Yeah, I mean, everyone agrees on that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if someone's <laughs> got too much money, just, just take it. Um, <laughs> uh, remind me of your bank details again. They are three... Uh, no. <laughs> um, and then we get to the um, throuple situation. Oh, yes. At the start of that, where he has the gun on her and starts telling her to undress, I was just like, oh no, some good old-fashioned flirting again. We've got another Rocky situation. (laughs) Here's Rocky. (laughs) And then... (laughs) (laughs) And then when she said, why didn't you come sooner? I was like, oh, thank God. Goodness. Oh, thank the Lord, <laughs> this is just the way they are foreplay. Oh, uh, yeah, that was fine. Man. I was, I was ready for another. No, I was getting cheeky ready. In the, cheeky in the nineteen hundreds, illegal now. Yeah, I had my pen on the paper. <laughs> I was getting ready to be like it. Not again. Yeah, uh, and then so yeah, relief. Relief. The main feeling of that bit. And then you get but, yeah, I. Hadn't... It is funny how I I I still like the dynamic between Butch and Sung Dance that they're basically an old couple who bicker, and Butch goes off with his girlfriend, taking him her for a romantic ride and stuff to a soundtrack. And just straight that out is says, "Yeah, yeah, odd raindrops keep, keep falling on, on my head." head. Uh, and he just straight up says, "Oh yeah, I'm trying to steal your girl." So that's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Oh, yeah, I just, they're just sharing a girlfriend, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. It seems like she loves both of them and they're both fine with that. It's, it is a weird throuple. Like, yeah, something I yeah. was not expecting to see in the Old West, yeah, let alone like a film from the 60s. I mean, she's very much Sundance's girlfriend, but, but emotionally, she is there caring. For Butch as well. Yeah, it's just, and the 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 fact that there's sort of a cheesy little love scene set to a really cheesy song. Like I had no idea this song was written for this film. It was written for this film. Yeah, it wasn't just Burt Bacharach wrote it for this film. Like, but it doesn't rain the entire film. No, uh, no one tell him. Well, <laughs> what? It's yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it, be sideways. It's, yeah. Very strange scene. Went on a little bit too long. A little bit too long with a lot of similar shots, didn't it? Um, Semi-impressed with his bike gymnastics. Very impressed. Um, And then it just keeps cutting back to different reactions she's having. (laughs) Yeah, that was an awkward... (laughs) That was awkward. It cut to her 
I don't know, fixing her hair, looking miserable, and then it cut back to her like in fits of laughter, and I'm going, "What message are you trying to convey here?" Sort of... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then the really weird, definitely not happening bull chase scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you even remotely, realistically, film that? Like, even today, I mean, I, I've seen the Jackass movies. That's not what a bull chasing someone looks like. <laughs> it's just sort of. Oddly disjointed, isn't it? It just kind of canters out. <laughs> oh. It looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, odd, odd, weird tangent in the film that I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I did, but my god, There's is it out weird of place. Camera angles as well. It's just out of place. Yeah, very out of place. It really is a bit of everything. This film, isn't it? Really, really is. It's got its finger in many, many, many pies. Yeah, absolutely. On the second train robbery, Cassidy uses too much dynamite to blow open the safe, which is much larger than the safe on the previous job. The explosion demolishes the baggage car, and in the process, money flies everywhere. As the gang scrambles to gather the money, a second train arrives, carrying a six-man team of lawmen. The crack squad doggedly pursues Cassidy and Sundance, who try various ruses to get away, all of which fail. They try to hide out in a brothel and then to seek amnesty from the local sheriff. But he tells them their days are numbered and all they can do is flee. I mean, that explosion's nutty, wasn't it? That was great. That whole scene was great. Just, as you say, this is not technically a comedy, but it was brilliant. The same guy from before going, oh, come on, really? Yeah, they're like, are we really going to blow you up again? They're like, oh, hey, it's you. How are you doing? <laughs> and he nearly, <laughs> that's so charming, he nearly opens the door to see them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, funny. It should be a comedy. Yeah, it's a good film. This is funnier than Doctor Strange Love, and I'll die on that hill. Oh, yeah. Abs- easily, easily funnier than Doctor Strange Love. And it's just, it's just the witty comments, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Would you think you used too much dynamite? Because <laughs> <laughs> that blows up. I don't know if that's the actors, but whoever is stood there when that train car, it might be false perspective. They are close yeah. when that thing goes up. And, and it I, looks real. Yeah, I think it was real. Well, the explosion was definitely real, but the, the their reaction looked real. Yeah, like maybe they weren't expecting it to be that big. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the second train coming. Oh, they go. What the I hell mean, is that? It is like it's ominous. It's good. It's like a proper baddie train, even though technically they're the goodies. Yeah, and it's like drawn out just long the big enough. Black smoke plume. Uh, but it is moving quite slowly. <laughs> like I was going. Are you going to leave now? That that doesn't look good. You should probably leave. And then you see the six like horses just dive out of the back of it. Mm. And I like how they don't show the threat. I don't think you ever they never meet show... them, do you? No. No. They're only ever seen from afar. Them. Yeah. It's like semi horror movie, isn't it? You don't see the you don't see the evil. Um and and rest in peace to all of the rest of the gang. Yeah, that happened quick. It's just like there's only about four of them there. A... Although no two got away. But well, so rest in peace for them and the rest of this film because I don't think we ever see them again. No, yeah, we don't see them again. Yeah, that just 
That's it. Because there's only four of them. Couldn't they run to their hideout? Yeah, the, the hideout. Where those snipers and people. It's weird, isn't it? I, I thought that was where they would eventually end up and there'd be like a yeah. standoff. But then this, this film... Fair place to this film. It, it takes a few left turns and 180s and keeps me on yeah, my toes. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to go in the way that it went. Yes. I, I thought the chasing was good. It was a bit laboured. It was laboured and repetitive. Yes, it was going to... repetitive is a good way of describing it. I think you could have easily caught about five minutes out of each of the chase scenes and just sort yeah. of have them trying Showed to elude them in a different Lovely way. scenery. Yeah, it's really beautiful. But then it's one of those where it's once you see it 50 times, you go, you become a little bit numb to it. Yeah. Not like in Cars. Um, <laughs> Sam's favourite movie ever. Cars 2, please. Cars 2. Um, <laughs> as the posse remains in pursuit, despite all attempts to elude them, Cassidy and Sundance determine that the group includes renowned Indian tracker Lord Baltimore and relentless lawman Joe LaForce, recognisable by his white skimmer. They finally elude their pursuers by jumping from a cliff into the river far below. They learn from place that the posse has been paid by the Union Pacific head, E.H. Harriman, to remain on their trail until they are both killed. Love the river bit. Um, yeah, I like... Again, just brilliant banter between the two main characters. It it's yeah, I liked when it sort of it 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 really well establishes that they are never going to escape unless something really really extreme happens. But it's good. It, it's that yeah ever present threat, and and it's making them do more and more extreme things as characters. Yeah, and I like that they are literally backed into a corner, and yeah. they're like, well, let's just jump into the river. And Sundance is like, well, I I can't swim. I, I did like the, uh, well, you can either try or you can shoot them and die. And he goes, yep, shoot them and die. That's I'll fine. That's, take that's fine those odds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why? And he's like, because I can't swim. He was like, oh. I could see how scary water could be when I mean, you can't swim. I could see that. Even yeah. that jump is nutty. Yeah. And the fact that I think they're stuntmen doing it. Like, yeah. they've done it for real. It's it's uh, All this film is like people doing stuff for real. And it's like, poor, the cojones you've got to have on you there. But then it is that. It's life or death. We yeah, we yeah. could jump in this water and it's three inches deep and we die. Or we could jump in and it saves us. I mean, it would be a very anticlimactic film, wouldn't it? And it was just <laughs> another hour of them, their bodies just floating down the river. <laughs> to raindrops keep that falling would have on been, my head. That would have been a bold, bold move. Cassidy convinces Sundance and Place that the three should go to Bolivia, which he envisions as a robber's paradise. On their arrival there, Sundance is dismayed by the living conditions and regards the country with contempt, but Cassidy remains optimistic. They discover that they know too little Spanish to pull off bank robberies, so Place attempts to teach them the language. With her as an accomplice, they become successful bank robbers known as Los Banditos Yanquis. However, their confidence drops when they see a man wearing a white hat, the signature of determined lawman Lafour's, 
and fear that Harriman's posse is still after them. I mean, Bolivia is a weird choice, isn't it? Yeah, Bolivia is a weird choice. It's... Middle of nowhere, isn't it? It's the it, it's a really weird part of the film because it is. I quite liked it. It was quite charming in a way. It was them being back back to being gangsters and. But you get like this. Okay, we're gonna go underground. Let's go to Bolivia, and then we get. I thought this was. Go- I I thought it was like. Oh, this is before montages, so we're getting a weird photo gallery. I mean, fair play. I've never really seen anything like this before. But it's like honky tonk music, and it's their journey from Wyoming to Bolivia. And they like stop off in New York and go in a fun fairground, but it's all communicated via pictures. And it's... I think it's symbolising them going through all their money, isn't it? I think so. I think that's what it's meant to symbolise. It's just weird that it's in photo form and not video form. Yeah. Maybe it was budget restraint. but it. Yeah, it... I mean, all those different locations could have been and, and I th- expensive. I, th- I think... But it looks like they're real pictures that were taken in real places. I don't think they're like the early, like early version of Photoshop. They're not like painted on or spliced together. It looks like they dressed all of those scenes and then took the pictures. It was just odd. Yeah. Odd, weirdly maybe out of place, but this is a film that had a weird love montage to raindrops keep falling on your head, so maybe it's perfectly in place. I mean, like this film, like we've said before, it has a bit of everything. It's also all over the place with tone and feel and everything, really. But it is, it is a like one thing that the pictures do do is show a bit of a grand journey. Yeah, it, it's it's easily followable, followable, followable. Um, yeah, sort of. I followed it, and I could almost I mean fair play to the actors I could read their emotions in the pictures yes and I was going okay fair play this is it's keeping my attention it's like they slot odd bits in throughout the film to sort of bring you back into the room it's like come on it's something different we'll we'll keep you on your toes here no yeah I quite liked it I thought it was alright then we get to Bolivia then going into Bolivia. Which is clearly was shot about, what, one metre down the road from where they shot the rest of this film? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Is, yes, is that Bolivia? Bolivia. I've never yeah. been to Bolivia, but that's just a farm. Looks exactly the same. Looks exactly the same. And it's, it's weird because obviously the characters have an argument going, no, this isn't Bolivia. Like, the real Bolivia is elsewhere. And it's like, well, why did the train drop you off there? Yeah. Why is the train dropped you off in this farm in the middle it, of nowhere? It, and they start with this farm in the middle of nowhere and quickly they're living the high life again and spent yeah. going through loads of money. In in a nice area, like a, a, yeah. a society. I'm going, why is the train dropped you off right there? Is it for this weird... I think it's for a comedic beat. I genuinely think it is. Yeah, I think it is. It's yeah. just a comedic beat that doesn't land very well. Because they they rob all these banks as well, and they must be going through money at the rate of knots. But the movie doesn't do a great job of showing that. No, so surely just robbing one or two banks should have set them up. I don't think you ever even see them spend money. 
Not really, no. Maybe a meal towards the end where they visibly spend money. But yeah, like the amount of money they should be robbing from banks should be because they're not shown to have like they never change their outfits throughout the film. They're in the same clothes. So they're not wearing yeah, like yeah. bougie labels and they're riding the same horses and they're not exactly living in a mansion. They're not living in squalor either. It's going, what are they spending all this money on? Maybe you should show us if they're stockpiling it, where they're stockpiling it or what they're spending it on. Cassidy suggests going straight and he and Sundance land their first honest job as payroll guards for a mining company. However, they are ambushed by local bandits on their first run and their boss, Percy Garris, is killed. They kill the bandits, the first time Cassidy has ever shot someone. Place recommends farming or ranching as other lines of work, but they conclude the straight life isn't for them. Sensing they will be killed should they return to robbery, Place decides to go back to the United States. I liked this bit where they got a job. Yeah, I liked it. It was a nice twist and turn. I won't lie, though. I I just knocked the remote and saw that there was only like 25 minutes left. I was thinking, what? Like, it kind of felt like there was going to be another hour. Yeah, there was just sort of... It just sort of does like a bit to a bit to a bit to a bit. It's it's all the same film, but it's almost like a TV show sort of stitched together. Like yes. the adventures yeah. of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and it's like a week to week serial going. This week they're payroll guards, and next week they go back to a life of robbery. It's it definitely felt like a TV show. Yeah, I liked the loved the interview. Can you shoot? And it's like not when I'm not moving. Oh, yeah. uh, that was great. Um, again, Sundance Kid tends to seal the show, doesn't he? He absolutely does. Yeah. He's the star here. Robert Redford is doing a yeah. really good job. Um, and you get it, there's another comedy beat where they're like taking their jobs really, really seriously. And he's like, yeah. hey, idiots, we haven't got any money right now. Like, we're going down the hill. Relax. Uh, once we come up, that's when you should start sweating. And then yeah, when they come up, they're trying to hide their faces at the bank yeah, and everything. Because they were like, oh, it's did a we? comedy movie. It's definitely. It's comedy. a comedy with a bit of romance and a bit of drama. It's like they made it as a comedy and went, oh, it's actually not that funny all the way through. So let's not yeah. say it's a comedy. But it's definitely, it's their chemistry is... Everybody and call it Western. Yeah. It's, it's, quite, it's a comedy. Cassidy and Sundance steal a payroll and a bureau used to carry it and arrive in a small town. A boy recognises the bureau's livestock branding and alerts the local police leading to a gunfight with outlaws. Cassidy has to make a desperate run to the Bureau to get ammunition, while Sundance provides covering fire. Wounded, the two men take cover inside a nearby building. Cassidy suggests the duo's next destination should be Australia. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to the two of them, the local police have called on the Bolivian army to deal with the two outlaws. The pair charge out of the building, guns blazing, directly into a hail of bullets from the massed troops who have occupied all the surrounding vantage points. The film ends on a freeze frame as sounds of the Bolivian troops firing on the doomed outlaws are heard. Turns to a sepia-toned picture and the credits are shown. A lovely bit of action, this actually, the gunfight. 
he, I thought it was well done. It is well done. It it's and it could, but it's come such out of nowhere. You could make this a ninety-minute movie. You could make this a four-hour movie, because it yes, it, it's, the end is just stick on, isn't it? It it just goes. Mm, how are we going to deal with this? Because that could have happened at any time. This entire film. Yeah, I, but then also, I think that's okay because there's been the threat of it the entire film. Yeah, exactly. It it's. I think it goes back to my. This feels like a TV show. This could be a tv show this feels like the the tv show is going to get cancelled so they go right fast track the ending here we go they're going to steal this wagon oh someone recognizes the wagon okay the army's called in and the end it's very fast how it happens i think all this happens in like 10 minutes yeah yeah it's it's good but then it would have to happen fast Otherwise, they'll worm their way out of it. Which I, I think s- the fact that it happens so fast is yeah part of the plot itself. I sort of thought they would worm their way out of it. Well, that's the the bit I love. This this is a great ending scene. I think this is the best bit of the film. The fact that they're always talking optimistically. They're talking about what they're going to do next. They never consider it's over. Yeah, they they even though they know. It, it, it's denial. It's it is denial. Dire. They're both wounded. But I know, I think they believe they can get out of this because they don't know the Bolivian army's there. True. And we, True. we saw them when, when the they fought off the guys who robbed them with the payroll. They were It was yeah. like two men against like eight. Six. Or yeah, six. Or eight, yeah. It was... They were able to take out a fair amount of people with... Yeah. So I think maybe they thought they could. I think they had the no, optimism. I don't think so. I think they knew they were goners. So they just went out in a blaze of glory. Exactly. They knew it was always heading that way. But that's why uh, Sundance's girlfriend left is because she knew it was coming. Yeah, they got everyone knew it was coming. They were getting far too cocky, and it is foreshadowed quite well by every robbery they do during that sort of oh we're robbers again montage there's more and more police officers sort of chasing their trail it's yeah they they seem to stay in an area too long and it's it's ironic in a way that it's not the crack team who get them yeah not at all we never see them again it's it's really it's it's almost not like they cut stuff out but it's like maybe in reality yeah the crack team never did find them but it's quite mm. it's quite an unsatisfactory story because I mean like it, may, it being unsatisfactory makes it feel so real, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. That's what really makes this feel like most of this is based on a true story. It, it's the fact that it is so unsatisfying because the real story was a little bit unsatisfying. Yeah. They they yeah. left Oblivia and carried on their ways and it was the Bolivian army who took them out sort of yeah I think the film as a whole rides on the chemistry of the two main characters and it twists and turns a lot but the core of it are the two main characters and how they interact which is brilliant 
but I will say slightly repetitive. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. It, it This film, without these two actors playing these two characters and the way they're doing it, would not be... Not it wouldn't not be as good. It just wouldn't be good. It, it, yes, they are integral to what makes this film enjoyable. Um, although it is repetitive, I'm having like a Casablanca moment where I'm like, but if you remove anything from this film, would it be as good? Exactly. Yeah, the stuff you could cut or its charm and and its heart. Exactly, you could. Because you could cut them going straight, but I liked that bit. I liked that bit. It's a, it's a really good bit. But yeah, everything you could cut is actually where the two actors are at their best. Yeah. And by removing that, you then get a not good film. So, it's a tricky one. It's definitely good. It's definitely what I call a Sunday watch. Is it? brilliant for me no would i recommend somebody watch it yeah absolutely but i'll give them the preface of you you need time to warm up to the characters i think the first 10 20 minutes is quite hard to get into it it, it's a difficult one to start very similar to a tv show usually the first very similar half of a tv show is not that good and it takes a while to get into this needs to be a tv show but made 50 years ago with these two characters. It's not a perfect film. Nope. But for what it is, it's pretty perfect. It's a good film. It's good. It's good. Right. Scores on the doors. I am going to give this film a 6.7. I was going to say 6.5. I, yeah. It, it's very it's very similar to Casablanca for me. Yeah. In the fact that it's... I would put this better than Casablanca for me. I hope that my score reflects that. <laughs> I don't think it does. I th- I Did I say seven? I think we said seven, but I think we said seven is the most it could possibly get. Yeah, I yeah, think... No, I, I think ever so slightly worse than Casablanca, but of the same feel. Yeah. This was nominated for seven Oscars. Um, and won four of them. So it did quite well. Very good. Yeah, it won Best Cinematography, Best Story or Screenplay, Best Original Score, and Best Song. Raindrops keep falling on my head, won Best Song, John. Um, really? Yeah. Um, it's a good song. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty. It's a song I knew. I definitely knew before this film, to the point where when it started playing, I went, what? Why is... What? What? This it, nothing about this song that I've heard in my years of my life has made me think this belongs in a western. <laughs> yeah. And in 2003, this film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I th- I think it's I think it was definitely unique for the time. I felt like I knew this film even though I've never seen it. Yeah. It felt familiar, didn't it? It felt so familiar. And I think as I watch things, I go, oh, that's a 
That's a reference to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I just never realised it before. So I'm, I yeah. think this is something that's going to crop up in my life as it goes forward. I think so too. Right, next week we're watching Cars 2. Or Stand By Me. One of the two, you'll find out. Life is a highway. I'll it's probably Stand By Me, not Cars 2. <laughs> You're going my way. I want to ride it all night long. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the 1001 Movies We Have Not Seen podcast. You can subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice or follow us on Insta at 1001 Movies Not Seen Pod. We have new episodes every Thursday. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> We're absolutely watching Cars 2. Good job! You. <laughs> oh. You're going to have to bleep that. You've just given yourself some work to Oh, do. no. See you next week. Bye. Ugh.